This is Shining a Light Podcasts. In this series, The Last 27 Years, we go through the last 27 years in the life of one class of 95 City Girls High School student, and this episode is Michelle Zelzer. But then, how long are you going to, are you going to make each podcast different? Yeah, basically because um, I decided to let people be themselves. Do you know what I mean? Some people... Because you know? I could wrap it up in four minutes if you told me. You know, like, it's kind of <laughs> and like you would be how the long do you have? ever? <laughs> no, I'm sure not. But um, I was just kind of like, you know, when you think about your life, and then you're like, yeah. So I did that. I went to uni. I travelled. Then I got married. Had kids. And then I'm working. And that's where I'm now. Like and that's where I am now. So there you go, everybody. <laughs> like fuck that. <laughs> How's your mum doing, by the way? How's your mum doing, by the way? Oh, look, it's pretty bad. Like pretty bad like um yeah like um eight weeks ago she was fully functional she was like a court expert she was driving everywhere she was top of her field she was like churning out reports she was self-sufficient age 70 still functioning yeah now she can't even take a bloody shower oh my god and what's caused it they think dementia like um they think like all the like, oh, God, like she fell down a flight of stairs. She um, cracked her head open on tiles. Aww. She had diabetic ketoacidosis. She had the treatment for that. She had a punctured pulmonary artery bleeding into her lungs. She had sepsis. She had like, like, like she should, she should be dead, you know? Um, so she's come out of it with like dementia symptoms that oh, look permanent God. at the moment. And um, like I'm meeting with the doctors, like, and, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can, but it's looking like nursing home at this point. And, um, yeah, it's pretty Does she know? And... Does she understand or not really? No. Got no, no idea. She thinks she's going home. <laughs> she thinks um, she's – but she can't remember what she did for work. <laughs> so it's like – Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know? Okay. It's just, that yeah. That is so difficult like, for you. I'm so, so sorry. Because my so mum's sudden. like, you know, same age and she's, yeah, falls a couple of times and she had a bad fall outside my apartment about a – Two, a year and a half ago and like that was it's yeah worrying. I mean but she was fine like she walked out the door and then came back two minutes later and I thought oh she's forgotten her phone and literally she walked in my front door looked like someone had taken a pole and beat her face up she had <sighs> cracked down her face she had blood everywhere and I, I yeah. just I couldn't even cope with all that had Hatsola, the ambulance, it was COVID, they're asking like everyone vaccinate. I mean, I don't even remember if the vaccinations had come in then. And yeah. like it was just, and then they took her away and then she started like fainting at home before the ambulance arrived. So yeah. I was still like crying and she's going to die. Like I thought she was literally going to die in front of my kids on my like couch. Yeah. But so my mum's same age as yours and you know that just made me realise that things can just change in a split it's second. It's that whole and... curve of life, isn't it? It's like the kids are so vulnerable. Like you're always worrying about your kids falling over and like especially when they're two. I remember putting a crash helmet on my two-year-old because she was just like <laughs> I constantly yeah. like headbutting things. And I was like, like, would you stop doing it? You're going to cause yourself brain damage, you know? And, um, yeah, and then it's this other end of life where they just – like and it's and um and I and I guess like it's poignant in a way like to be doing this now because in twenty seven years we're gonna be in our seventies. That's crazy. And do you know that uh, we've got a business and a house in Goulburn? And every time I drive past Picton, I think of you. 
<laughs> from Picton. <laughs> I'm not in Picton anymore. No, but, but where didn't you drive? Didn't you come to school yes, from Picton? Yes, and, and actually further than Picton. I had to get up at five oh, a.m. to get no, the goddamn I, bus time, to Picton to get the every train. Time I see from- the sign for Picton, I think of you and I say to my husband. <gasps> You remember that? He goes, yes, your friend from high school. Yes. Can you shut up about it? Said, Can you believe it? I said, it's just insane how people travel to come to this school. It was because like it was because like I was there for the first year and then my parents moved, like we lived in Coogee, you know, when oh, I got into I City Girls, yeah. you know, and then my parents moved to the back of freaking nowhere, oh. which had nothing to do with me. Oh, and I just God. like dug my that heels in and just crazy. said, I'm not giving up my school. Like, like. That is just, I don't know how you did that. Fuck you. you know, like you're not taking everything from me. So I've got a new puppy who is like playing with a toy behind me. Um, it's good. He's been quiet or she's been quiet. Kind of. He, yeah. He's like looking at me like, is it lunchtime? And uh, he's <laughs> Maybe it is. Now I'm hoping he'll just settle down in a minute. And my I recorded with is... Paulina the other week and her dog just like would not shut up through the whole. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I think we need to sedate this dog. <laughs> Oh, that's dusty. He's come from Murrum Bateman. I love dogs. I wanted to be a vet, but I'm allergic to dogs. That's my, hello, I've done a little timeline for myself and the vet is one of my stories. Yeah, it was one of my things. Oh, my Lord. So anyway, oh, my God. Um, but yeah, so I, the first question I was starting with, I, I don't really have questions anymore. I'm my, I'm trying to like just pay attention to the other person and ask questions that come to me as you tell your story because I had this set questions because you know how some people like Sydney Girls High School, right? So like some people are like giving this questions, like I need the questions ahead of time like so I can prepare. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and so like I smashed together all these questions and oh, sent them to I people. know. I remember you said there'll be questions. So I was like, where's my question? Yeah, I know. And then it didn't work. It was so jarring and it was just like, you know, have we gotten to this question? And I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. I was just like, checking off the checklist and and then people were worrying like have I answered every question and I thought oh this is stupid like this is just so no, I stupid. like this style less work for you as well and um I've done a few big speaks like speeches at work lately and like they've been fully scripted and then I've just reflected that you know I don't speak as well when I'm fully scripted um yeah because my, like dedicated. My, yeah like my quirky and spontaneous bits just are gone it's literally yeah. reading the script yeah so I literally just did a couple of notes like half an hour ago with the timeline and I had all these great ideas over the weekend and I was like you know what whatever comes to me when I'm speaking is what I'm yeah. going to talk about it's so much better that way but like I don't the- think I'm going to talk for an hour and a half definitely oh not. yeah no that was one like, um, and look, I just like that was Natasha White, who I don't know if you remember, but like, um, blonde hair. White wasn't her, yeah, wasn't her first name. Um, but like, um, she was just, oh, okay. To me, like in high school, she was like she was tanned and she was blonde and she was just yeah. like so calm and just so amazing. So like, I just had no problem listening to her for an hour and a half. Like, just knock me out like just tell oh. me like how your life was just so different to mine like just like just you know, hit me so will people be able to, where will people be able to access the podcast from um um actually tomorrow is the launch um, oh my god that is so exciting I know I know so Podbean Spotify and SoundCloud 
So okay. someone like someone's got access to any of those. Like someone, yeah. Please God, like got to have access. And if to it's one like really three. successful, Apple will buy it, or how does that work? And um, I, no, they're all um, um, there's no charge. Um, so just if or can you a, load it to Apple Podcasts or? I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not an Apple person. I'm an oh, Android okay. person. So um, I've done. Um, but I think I th- I think maybe with Podbean you can add it to Apple. So I'll definitely oh, okay. give that a go tonight and try and add it to Apple. And okay. I'm surprised I'm functioning so well. I have like loaded up with like four codrules, Sudafed, oh, yeah, no, no spray. Got you sound good and you I was good. just like, you know, you've got to like, you just can't <laughs> cancel on Michelle. Like she has a busy schedule. Oh, God, no, no. I was like the amount of people who were like, I'll just give you a call at about 12.30 or let's just catch up at one. I'm like, no, I've just, <laughs> I've just blocked out my teams. I've put my out of office on literally for an hour and a half or whatever you blocked out it is like yeah. uh yeah Fridays is probably the better day and then that stupid workshop got put in just Fridays meeting free Friday um and then but I was like oh if you cancel today I would be fine but you know what like I just want to get it done because I, yeah. I was like um like then I overthink it and then I'll start scripting and it's like I'll you know one of those things crazy twice and I feel like an asshole. <laughs> oh <laughs> no you're so good though Resch- like scheduling rescheduling prioritize uh, I'm very we impressed we will make this work so the first question I was opening with because um was just gonna be you did um like did you do HSC in 95 with everybody else I did because a few people didn't and the what? people I know, right? Oh, what? I what know, do you mean? Right? Do they the people who, did they leave? The people who did it with everybody is like, who wasn't there? You know, I was like, Grace Kim left, like I left, like and there were there were quite a few. Yeah, I don't remember just, you leaving. When is when I had a leave? meltdown end of ninety four and just like oh. full on right before the preliminaries just said oh. I don't even know. I just like I've had enough. Like I can't take this one more day, mm. and and just like what do I need to do to sign myself out of this school right this oh, minute? I just God. can't take it any longer. And it just had a full on meltdown. And I think it was partly the five hour round trip. You know, like I oh been God, yeah, it for years. Yeah. You know, and I just had enough. So and then I went to a worse school because I went to a um mixed like co-ed school and oh, um, I wasn't used to boys and I wasn't used to uh, rude boys um, and I wasn't used to shutting up in the face of rude boys, you know, Actually, so yeah, that, yeah, made a boys. lot of enemies pretty quickly um, by Was that a you know, low mouthing back high of these idiots, oh, you know, and then wow. like copped a lot of abuse and um, bullying from boys, which I just wasn't used to and Anyway, not my podcast. So okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So you were there so, in ninety. You were there yes. in ninety five. Yeah. And, so um, I was there in ninety five, and I yes, I did all the way through from year seven and, to the end of year twelve. And did you do the plan of uni, which was you know our predestined plan? You know, I did. Yeah. So should I? I I'll. I'll kick off shall I kick off my journey yeah hear me where'd you go in 96 so um I thought I'll take a little step back I don't know if um, others have but I think it's interesting because I reflected on um the years in high school and there were many occasions where the principal said to my 
father. She really is wasting a space at this, you know, very special school. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, no, my dad would say, you're off to Mariah College, which funnily enough is where my children are. And I'd say, no, not Mariah, not Mariah. (laughs) I'll be be good. I'll be good. And then I'd be good for a bit. And then, you know, um, and and. I think, look, there was so so much pressure going to a uh, selective academic school. Like it is one of the best schools in the country, but that yeah. came with so much pressure. Um, and, you know, I always reflect uh, how many times they'd say, don't worry if you're at the bottom, you're still at the top at another school. Um, but it's really hard spending those yeah. um, important years of your life not being at the top or even in the middle and being at the bottom and still feeling good. And I probably didn't yeah. feel good. Um, and you I remember how thought... they gave us our reports with our actual mark and then our scaled mark? <laughs> Do you remember? I don't. I've blocked out so many things. I think I used from to change trauma. my B, like my D's to B's. <laughs> so obviously now, but at the time I thought I was getting away with it. I think it. I changed a few now that you're talking about that. <laughs> Well, that rings a bell. I didn't do that bad. Uh, so anyway, so I went through and then, you know what, something clicked in year 12 and I had this um, epiphany and it was, you know, what are you going to do with your life? You're going to be a loser and do nothing and you really have an opportunity to try and do the best you can. So I pretty much locked myself in my room for about a year, yeah. um, eight, um, put on lots of weight and just studied my absolute Relate butt to off. that one, honey. <laughs> weight battle my whole life <laughs> and then I you know I actually did really well and I remember the day of the results um I think or the next day oh, I think it was the day of the results I came back to the school and um Miss Young I mean she is a classic that teacher just love her um she was like oh lady you do very well you know like oh my god how did you pull that and um just people who were always so far ahead of me who I ended up doing better so the moral of that story I think for others is don't give up hope and you know you don't have to be the smartest and the best or the richest but hard work perseverance and you know you can kick some good goals and the amount we underestimate ourselves and tell ourselves 100% the sabotage voice my puppy is literally biting my fingers It's a quiet puppy. He is, but he's biting my. So I, yes, I did really well, and um, I, you know, I also wanted to do um, vet science, which, funnily enough, you mentioned that earlier. I always loved animals, and I always reflect that I still love animals. I've got two dogs at the moment, Um, and I remember going to the cliffs at Bondi Beach and. I spoken to a few people and they said, look, it's, it's basically a science degree. It's a science degree. Yeah. And unfortunately I had some pretty, um, sub average teachers, um, su- science teachers in high yeah. school. So my experience with science wasn't great. And it's funny that, you know, the, the course that your life takes and how, how things happen can very much be influenced by the teachers you had and the experiences you had. So I decided that I didn't want to do a degree that I was going to need tutoring in every single day and just do something that I could just do and have a normal life and work and be social and and all of those things. So I decided to do commerce law. Um, So off I went to uni, I went to UNSW and did commerce law. 
Um, I majored in accounting. I don't know why I hate anything to do with accounting. Well, I still don't understand. When I pay my accountant, I sometimes wonder (laughs) why I didn't do accounting. (laughs) I still don't know how many people understand what is a debit and what is a credit. Um, so I think because my sister did accounting, it was always like, oh, well, big sister's doing that. So I probably should just do that too. So I did that. I had a, um, quite a, um, good few years at uni, uh, five years and, um, yeah, I think I made some really good friends. Yeah. The puppy is, um, decided he's been so good. He must and be a he's part of the decided, podcast. No, he's you like, I want my lunch, like, mom. My I want voice my lunch. too. <laughs> Um, so I had, I had really good uni years. I made some good friends. As I said, I didn't, um, I've kept in contact with some of them, but you know, life takes you through different places where you are at different stages. Um, so, um, you know, that was all good. And then I finished, uh, but it was funny. You, you mentioned something uh, before we started recording around the boys. And, um, I still remember going into class and, looking at these boys in the class and completely freaking out and being in a single sex school for so many years has such an impact that I I was so awkward around boys so I've loved that my children my my older girls have gone to co-eds a co-ed school and that you know for them talking to boys is very normal Um, and I, I don't know if you had the same experience I had but I just um if I would hear a boy say something stupid you know what I mean? Like there was no part of me that didn't feel the need to point it out. <laughs> I think like, I was just too scared to even talk to them or say anything. So like like racism, just... for example. I remember oh. encountering um, like a boys who were using the word nip. I'd never even heard that word before, you know, and, oh, no. and then saying things like, oh, we're not talking about you to this particular girl and I remember going, actually, that's exactly who you're talking about. Like, you're not talking about anyone else in the room but, like, her, you know. So maybe if you don't want to talk about her, maybe you shouldn't use the word, you know. Oh, Oh, did I cop it. (laughs) 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 Oh, I think you're braver than me. I think I was a loud mouth. (laughs) what it was. Um, So, yeah, so... Off I went to uni and um, I met my first husband at uni. And um, the funny thing is um, I knew him from when we were children and because I'd um, oh, had wow. every type of boyfriend in high school that my parents didn't approve of, um, I think when I met him, my first thought was my parents will be so happy, um, you know. And as, a you know, a, a child of uh, migrant parents, um I don't know if others have spoken about this a lot, but you yeah. you get told your whole life, everything I've done is for you, the sacrifices we made, we arrived with one suitcase and no money, we had no yeah. food and you need to succeed and you need to achieve great things because More we put pressure. everything. So much pressure. So I feel like I started ticking boxes to just get their approval after disappointing them for so many years. Like I think getting my HSC mark was the first real um, time they were probably really happy with me um, in a long time. And then, as I said, I met my first husband and he's a lovely guy and we're still really good friends, but he definitely uh, wasn't the right person for me to be my kind of soulmate and lifelong partner. Um, So, um, yeah, so that kind of um so I met him and then 
after I finished uni, I did some amazing travel, which, you know, often reflect and go, thank God I did, because often once you start work and if you get married or if you have children, the years just get away and then you've got to wait 30 years to go and do that again. So I was very lucky that um, I went and did South America for three months and Europe for Not three months. Not the UK. You deviated from the plan. No, I did. I did both. I did both. I did. Well, did I did. Yeah. yeah, I did Europe and um, and UK I went. So I can't remember where I went. I went to like so many different countries, but uh, I did some really cool stuff in South America, like walk the Inca Trail, which I'm not sure you can even do now, yeah. um, and the Machu Picchu, the Galapagos Islands, and oh my God, the, my friend Karen, who I travelled with, like she's so worldly travelled and so so adventurous, and I'm so glad I paired up with her for this uh, trip. It was completely crazy. We met some <laughs> wild characters on the way, and. Um, if my children were to have that kind of trip, I would die. Um, so terrified. Thought, yeah, I'd be like, if they, I've always said the day my kids say I'm going to South America, I'm be like, no oh. way over my dead. But, you know, you live to tell the story. And then um, yep. I met up with my ex-husband who was working in Vienna at the time and uh, he was finishing up a, a post for Arthur Anderson, who was at the time his employer, and we went and did, you know, Spain and um, England and Scotland and um, Italy and France and oh, we had we had a really um, great three months travelling. So I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. Um, and then I came back and had a few months before I started my first gig as a proper adult as a junior graduate lawyer at who was then called Blake Dawson Waldron. Yeah, my brother's a lawyer, so I have some <laughs> insight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's another podcast in itself. But... Yeah, but just the <laughs> learning curve and the oh. starting from the very bottom and the... So, um, yeah, so I, work, I worked at Blake Dawson Waldron and... Um, yeah, it's interesting because at the time I um, really polished up my interview skills. So I had some really good job offers and it's one of those life lessons where I took that job because I knew someone. So I'm yep. always telling people now, don't just take a job because you know someone. Like really do your due yeah. diligence, do your research um, because that one person is is very small in a large organisation. Yeah. Um, and... Um, yeah, so I spent a couple of years there and, um, the, well, the funny thing is I, so I got married, I was just documenting some dates because, God, I can't remember, everything is a blur. Um, oh, so I got married in December alone. of 2002, which is uh, when I um, got admitted as a practising solicitor. And, which is so uh, young, like in young. hindsight. It is, and then got married all around the same time, started work, got married. Um, and then it's funny, so my sister's about five years older than me and she took about five years to get pregnant. So I remember hearing about her struggles. And so when yeah. I got married, I said to my husband at the time, you know, we can't put a time frame on when we are going to have children. It's in yeah. God's hand. So yeah, when he wants us to have children, he yeah. will let us have children. Anyway, Two months after we got married, I sort of was like, I don't feel so good. 
<laughs> ah. ah, my boobies are a bit swollen. <laughs> And I feel a bit nauseous. And I remember telling his parents, and they're like, you can't, that's impossible. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Pretty sure I am. So there I was as a 25-year-old um, pregnant with my beautiful daughter, Jessica, who's um, turning 19 in November. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I got the joys of working pregnant as a 25-year-old in a tough environment and yeah, um, then having my there. having my daughter and then you know in those days and I can't even believe there'll be a few in those days because really I think the benefit of working for the last 20 years in corporate is there's been some really good changes Um, but in those days you know there wasn't maternity pay by private practices Um, so I had to come back to work pretty quickly I think within three months Um, and in fact I even remember you know, again, appropriate workplace behaviour times have really changed. But I remember telling the male partners that I worked for, oh, by the way, just to let you know I'm pregnant. And they were like, oh, we can tell your breasts have gone bigger. And, oh, my God, I, you know, there's a few (laughs) things that I always remember. And they're the ones that are going. Thank you so much. Times have really changed because that would not fly anymore. No. Um, So, yeah, I came back and then, you know, working in a private law firm, there's a lot of pressure on billable hours and I was working part-time and I was getting all the crappy work and it was all crappy. So I said, this is not for me. Um, And I remember my daughter was about 10 months at the time and she was in a bathtub and I was negotiating with the then head of compliance for Macquarie Bank and she was completely turned prune like she was shriveled in the bath for like an hour and I was like fighting over you know five thousand dollars which for me was huge money and and I was like you know I'm gonna fight and every time she'd go ah I'd kind of put my mouth my hand over her mouth and go um and there I did negotiate uh this job and um and off I went to work at um Macquarie Bank where I had an incredible career um 13 years and I almost worked there Oh really? Yeah, Where, I what made it you to the third interview, oh, and uh, somebody directed for me. I, I oh. won't. Who will remain nameless? Oh. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't meant to be, but yeah. Oh, you know what? I always say everything happens for a reason and 100%. different path and different direction, and it's all good. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my fingers. Okay, back back on track. Um, so, yes, I went to Macquarie Bank and, look, I had an incredible career there. I worked, um, you know, I worked, shh, I worked ridiculously long hours. I think I definitely. That was um, the culture. You, you, yeah, you're married to the job. So, yeah. you know, job was first, Macquarie was first and family and children were second. And obviously I think that's something I've learned to reprioritise. Um, yeah benefit of 20 years experience but during my time there um you know I saw great things I worked with amazingly bright innovative uh, inspiring people I saw you know all the different types of cultures that exist but you know they they hire really smart people which again it was interesting because coming from Sydney High where you go this is not the norm. It's funny when you leave Macquarie and you go to another place and you realise not everyone is an overachiever. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, they do tend to hire the same kind of person because yeah, they, they select into that. Psychometric assessment, you know, yeah. yeah. Like, so they get a type of person who is going to commit to commit to them and work hard and and all those things. But in the time I got to travel, um, I went to India and Hong Kong and Singapore and it it was a little bit glamorous. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, It was a good reward for the hard work. And um, I think though during that time, you know, the the demise of the marriage um, because it just wasn't a priority for me. And I, I, you know, I sometimes think it was a combination of not the right fit with just too young, hadn't really lived life yet, having the baby really early into the marriage um, and then the intense work environment, um, the marriage was probably never going to survive. So the odds were not in our favour. Um, so yeah, so I had, um, so I had my, as I said, I had Jessica and, and then, um, who was sort of there through the Macquarie days. And, um, then I had Charlie in, who's my second daughter in 2007, which was the GFC and. About to hit, yeah. The, the only thing I remember there, it was so traumatising. People were being made redundant every five minutes and there were some yeah. awkward things, unfortunately, they did in the beginning, which which they learnt from. Um, but, you know, they'd call 100 people into a meeting room and say, go back to your desk and don't, don't leave your desk and if, you know, you'll get a call and you'll oh. need to go and take your things and that was just so traumatic and I still remember um, I started to have Holocaust dreams at that time wow. uh, which is also really interesting because, yes, I am Jewish and my sister who had a friend once um, came into her house um, because my sister thought at the house she was living in there were definitely ghosts and spirits and this lady was all into the, into that um, uh-huh. me whatever you give that right name um, and she did a bit of work with my sister and I remember she said you and your sister have been connected in a previous life so you could have been my sister may have been my mother and I was her daughter and she wow. basically sort of implied that we likely went through the Holocaust together and died, um, but we were connected in a previous life, which is quite amazing. But what was interesting is when all these redundancies were happening, I must have been so traumatised that I started to have dreams that um, the CEO was calling us and we had to go on a bus and we were basically taken out to fields and shot. And I just thought, God, that is crazy that I'm even thinking of that. Yeah, and it's partly like makes you feel like you're insane, but at the same time it's happening and... Oh, it was yeah. really intense because you work, you know, you work with colleagues, you sit next to them, you spend more time with your colleagues and your own partner, family, yeah. children, yeah. and it's like they're there one minute and gone the next. So it was pretty tough times, but I made it through all the redundancy, so, um, which mm-hmm. meant I had to do the job of three or four or five people sometimes. Oh, so okay. so they'd That's make so all these people redundant, but they never quite formally Replace said them. who did that who then was going to suddenly pick up three people's job. Yeah, now you've got um, five hats on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, so that was pretty um, tough times and my daughter was born through that. Um, yeah, so Charlie came along and um, 
you know, I had the perfect pregnancy with with both kids and it was all good. And then Charlie was born with one kidney. So that was my first experience with, um, yeah, having a child with a medical condition. So the first year was, um, you know, a lot of tests, a lot of procedures, a lot of medication um, and then surgery to repair um, all what the doctors called the plumbing. So I think I learned a lot through that. I grew up a lot. I wasn't very um, exposed to medicine or like sickness or just not perfection I guess I call it in that um, you know things in my family kind of all ran smooth no one's divorced no one everyone sort of looks like looks happy whether they are or not Um, everyone's healthy whether they are or not Um, there there was my daughter and so you know that was I think for me yeah a good exposure to there are people out there who do it really tough I mean I still remember um, seeing you know meeting a woman in the urologist surgery and you know the child was barely alive and she actually said to me I I wish my child hadn't been born because he's not living and yet she couldn't do anything except take him from doctor to medical procedure and he, yeah, he was on a ventilator, he couldn't move, he was two and a half or three, he looked about six months old. And anyway, so I think that for me was a really good eye-opener into life isn't perfect and there are a lot of people out there doing it tough. Um, So, yeah, so... So Charlie is, you know, she's uh, she's a middle child. Middle child, middle children come with a lot of. <laughs> You're not a middle She'll child, are you? You're laughing. <laughs> oh, she's. It's already one day's come, but it's, um, you know, the product of a troubled marriage and then a child in the mix. And anyway, so that, um, yeah, Charlie is, keeps us on our toes. Should I say? Uh, I know she'll listen to this, so I've got yep. to be careful what I say, but. Um, Charlie came along and um, and there I was with with two children and I think I'll you know skipping to probably bigger you know next big milestone is um, probably separation um, yeah. and you know I can I can talk about this as I said my ex-husband and I are really good friends and the reality is we just were not suited for each other but um, you know I think the best thing um, we did for each other is to let us go um, and even though at the time my parents are like you can't do this this is so embarrassing what will people think you've got to you think marriages are perfect you've just got to work through it you've got children yeah. you've got property you've got you just you, you'll, you'll be homeless you'll be like what will <sighs> happen to you well can Stop I just say mom that and dad. <laughs> I I must say that I've really thrived since since that um, because, as I said, I think the greatest gift we gave each other was letting ourselves go and yeah. we both found new partners and both yeah. found love and happiness and my ex-husband has, um, you know, got remarried. He's got a beautiful wife who I'm really friendly with and her and I get along really well. That's really um, cool. And, like oh, you really guys, well. probably for him, not so much all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we hang out like all the time and then they've had a little daughter, Madeline. So Maddie, who's almost the same age as my son. So I'll get to him. And so, yeah, so I think that was the the lowest point in that um, I think we met, I still remember we met in the city 
and he said like we can't do this anymore and I think he'd been getting therapy and building up the courage and um, we just it was so bad and he said we can't do this we've got to separate and I remember I came back to work and just cancelled all my meetings and locked myself in the disabled bathroom and cried the whole day Um, (laughs) and then it took me about three months to tell my parents so he told his parents straight away and 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 I said I need time I need time and that was probably a good reflection of if you know, disabled bathrooms could speak oh, <laughs> like the amount of time yeah. like, you know, I know I've spent oh god and everyone I know has yeah. spent like you know yeah thank goodness there's no cameras in there <laughs> oh my lord yeah exactly Thank goodness for those big bathrooms where you can, oh, God, there's good memories in those bathrooms actually as well, <laughs> not not at work but in uh, other <laughs> ones. Um, so, yeah, so I think it was the lowest point um, but, yet yeah, that was the beginning of I feel like my new, my like my next life. And I don't want to say yeah. that I think those years from when I started working and got married early and had my first daughter, they weren't great. I don't want to say that um, because that's not fair to everyone. But if I look at my last seven or eight years, I feel extremely privileged and blessed that the next almost 40 years um, are probably going to be my best um, because I'm just, you know, more financially stable. Um, I'm so much more, you know, confident. Like I don't give a shit. I don't care about pleasing people and, you know, Something like I, I love even, about the 40s, I think, I don't know if it's like, <laughs> just, just, you know what I mean? 100%. I don't care. We need to be in our 40s earlier and then kind of yeah. go away and come back. All this, like all the insecurity of the 20s and the fear and then what are other people going to think of me and how am I presenting? And God, I remember going to the reunion, like the one we had when we were like 31 and, and just all my fear was like, how am I presenting and, and what are people thinking of me? And <laughs> You know, and like, I just like, oh, I love that that's gone. Oh, like, just, oh, God. just love it's gone. That, <laughs> no. Was that, was that, that was the reunion at the pub in Paddington? Yes, in like oh, Surrey Hills. God. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, just diverting, but my, my partner, Jason, and I, like, we still laugh about that because we'd only just got together and I pulled out this really cute brown dress from my cupboard and I said, do you think I can wear this? It's a little bit revealing. Um, and he said, oh, very slightly, you'll be fine. And then obviously, you know, as the night progresses and you eat more and you drink more and things move around and then bits of revealing get more revealing. And yeah. then <laughs> we often, many times we come back and he says, probably shouldn't have worn that dress. <laughs> but we can, but then, you know, I can just laugh about it. Because I said, Whatever. I told you every time the Facebook yeah. feed comes up and there's me in the dress and I go to him, remember, I told you, he goes, it was probably a bit too revealing. You looked great. You were rocking it that night. Who cares? But we just, anyway, so I remember that reunion as well. Actually, I was dreading that, but it was a great night. Yeah. When is our next reunion? I'm very uh, three years. Because oh, we're 17 and like it's going to be the 20 year. Is that right? So is it 30? No, 30 no. years. Oh, my, oh my gosh. No. It's going to be the 30-year 30 30 yes, 30 reunion in three years. Uh, no, that is crazy because yeah, I look at people it. like you, I look at people on Facebook and I'm like, they look the same as in high school, like a couple of extra wrinkles, but they, everyone looks like. Yeah, the skin needling. Um, I get age <laughs> spots removed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you know? 
Oh. And then I meet up with my um, ex last night and this happens. Oh, my god! So obviously not my ex-ex, is it? <laughs> <laughs> one of the exes. Yeah, like, you know. Probably, Ex- yeah. The, the pre-ex. Probably, the, the, probably ex- the biggest ex- love of my life and, oh. you know, yeah. So obviously not completely over. And he's wow. been really kind to me recently with everything that's been going on with my mom oh, and, like, bringing me yeah. food and, like, coming to check if I'm okay. <laughs> Well, I want to hear the end of this story. (laughs) So we'll watch that space for another few Watch that space. Um, So, yeah, I was saying that um, the the beginning of the end was the lowest point, but really I think that just changed the whole course of my life. Um, You know, being in a marriage where, you know, that person wasn't my person, you know, wasn't my go-to, wasn't my best friend, um, wasn't someone who, you know, encouraged me to achieve greatness. Um, You know, I still remember saying to my ex-husband before a performance appraisal, you know, I think I'm going to ask for some more money. And I, you know, there's only a few things I really clearly remember. I keep saying I remember, but these are the things in, in that I'm that stand in this out. podcast yeah. that stand out. And I still remember he said, um, you should just be happy. You've got a job still. You know, it's really tough out there. And um, no, if I compare to my current fan. partner, oh, it's like, anyway, I'll get to, I'll get to my, my beautiful Jason. But um, he, he, yeah, I don't know, just not fe- the female encouragement, I think it's – you know, there are some men who really thrive with a strong woman and there are others who don't. Yeah. So I think that's just, you know, women need to or, or other women, you know, whatever it is, but whoever you want to be with, you know, they need to they need to encourage you to reach your potential and yeah. be your own, whatever your greatness is, they just should be encouraging a, you yeah, to, to do concept. that. Yeah, Yeah, you need your best friend. You need that person you can turn to when you really need somebody. You need Pick somebody you, you up when you're down. Bring any you. messy emotion to and they can handle it and you need like that strength and you need to, that needs to be mutual, you know, and, and 100%. you need heaps and heaps of stuff. So uh, it took me to my 40s to realise that. I never yeah, had well, like anyone said, like that in my life. Mm. You know, so, yeah, you need that stuff. Everyone does. Whatever that yeah. looks like for them, but it's a general concept. And for my kids, like when I look at my kids, I think, oh, God, I hope you find that person. You know, like I, I'd hate to see one of my children in a in, in a relationship where they weren't getting all the things they need. You know, well, you need to hone it into them. You need to keep telling them these things. Yeah, you are worth, and all and all the like. It's, it comes from a lack of self love and a lack of mm. feeling worthy. And and I'm like, I'm only learning. God, I love the forties, but I'm only learning like where our it parents stems didn't from. Know how, like a lot now, of our parents. You know? I used to think know. I had to do all these things to be good enough for somebody, or to, or that I needed to change this about myself, or I, I, I wasn't good enough, and 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 just oh, like, and I didn't even know. Like I just, I didn't even know that it was coming from that stuff. Like I just, just believed it so deeply. It wasn't even coming up, you know. I think a lot of, I mean, yeah, a lot of it is just the generations, like our parents, you know, in their seventies, whatever, they, they didn't know how to parent best because their parents didn't know, like they didn't talk about things. They didn't tell us, um, you know, you know, my mum still says things like, you know, you need to lose weight or Jason will leave you. And, um, you know, know. like 
not once has she ever said, you know, you are amazing and you're successful and you've done incredible things and he should be lucky to have someone like you. No, still not, still not. I'm still waiting for it. It's always the guy is like gonna he that person could leave you if you don't better yourself, make yourself even better. You're never good enough. But again, another another a, a problem. So uh, I think we can only just try and hope out. And I think we also do what I realised is that people treat you how they feel about themselves. So it's like these days I have more compassion, like for my mother now particularly, but even like five years ago, like I, wow, she never felt good enough herself. So she couldn't do any better in parenting me, you know. My mother never got in a swimsuit, for example. She would never sing when other people would sing a song. Like she would just, she didn't think she was good enough. So how could she possibly teach that to me, you know? Well, at least so, you, yeah, at least you've got the awareness now. And I you love, yeah. Not pass little, that on to your daughter. Yeah, like, so like, I need make, to work on me. I need to feel worthy or she will pick up how I feel about myself and it won't matter what I say. It'll just mm. pass on. <laughs> I know. We are who we are from, yeah, you know, so who important. raised us, but so, so many of them are so messed up. <laughs> oh, okay. We're, we're all messed up. <laughs> you know. Oh, it's complicated. Life is complicated, isn't it? Anyway, so back, sorry, because we, we get like, you know what? I had one, um the, the messiest podcast you'll listen to is uh, me and Zoe Crane, right? <laughs> we just were a mess. You guys were good friends, <laughs> weren't you? Were you friends at school? No, we weren't. But I just loved her at school because I thought she oh. was so funny. Like she was just like that. She was the angriest goth girl. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I just like she used to just make me laugh my ass off, you know. <laughs> and I was just talking to her about, you know, like she was saying, like, and I was so miserable. And I was like, yeah, but where would could we have put you, Zoe, where you wouldn't have been miserable? <laughs> she was like, yeah, oh fair call. She's turned into a beautiful woman, like just and a beautiful parent, and you know, like and such an understanding mother, like how beautiful like to have gone through all that like she went through internally and and you know whatever like wow so it was beautiful oh god catch i can't wait just... we just crapped on about so much just a dove like it was so oh, and she goes wait. good luck I... editing that into a podcast and it was like oh, when i was editing god. it i was like oh my god i'm just gonna I'm leave so it so excited to hear the all these like, people's stories conversation about this and that and whatever <laughs> oh my god great. so yeah, so back to um, yeah. So as I said, that was a real turning point, and um, it's it's led down a, a great path. So, um, I think the really great thing is um, so many people I hear who, especially like here in the oops series, uh, talking to me. Um, so many people that go through separation and divorce, and then every now and again, someone will come back and say. I heard them say, be like Michelle and Ralph because look at them. Look at how they did it. You know, they did it respectfully. They've yeah. kept contact. They, you know, keep, you know, their children. Mm-hmm. It's And so I'm really proud that from my, you know, separation and divorce, we could really lead by example for others yeah. to say, um, you know, it doesn't have to be grim and 
terrible. And unfortunately, my sister's divorce is like at the extreme opposite of, you know, 10 years in family court and just a complete waste of money, time, energy, sucked the life out of my family, my parents aged 20 years from, 30 years from that, like, um, it's you know, almost killed everyone and it's for what, you know, my ex-husband and I, you know, we came to an agreement, we signed some papers, we paid the fee and we moved on. Like you it was as kids basic first. as that. We put you our know, kids like how first. beautiful for your kids. Everything was about not making them messed up later on because yeah. so many kids are messed up because they've gone through a messy divorce yeah. and the parents listening to that bickering and that fighting and that toxic. I mean, yeah. I know for myself that if I'm having a fight with someone, it eats me alive. I can't breathe. I can't sleep. Yeah. I can't eat. I can't think. And for young children who are so vulnerable to be exposed to that for weeks, months, years, like it destroys them. It just destroys them. So it's one of the three types of trauma, like the main three types of trauma is experiencing horrendousness between your parents. Like, you know, there's sexual abuse, physical abuse, and experiencing your parents going through that kind of stuff. Like terrible. So I never so even not, knew well, I suffered from tra- trauma until I went to therapy and learned that. I was like, holy crap. I was never sexually abused. I was never physically abused, but I watched my parents like miserable and hate each other for my whole childhood. And I didn't think that was trauma. I thought that was none of my business, you know, but yeah. And so that's so common. Like, I don't, yeah, I think so many people have have, have that yeah. same story of um, yeah. growing up with parents who just hate each other. And, and I think I avoided relationships just, for so long yeah. because of the fear of like that, you know, just like so fearful that I would turn into my parents. Whereas now I've kind of realized I am my parents. So the fear's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it happened anyway. <laughs> oh, totally. Like my mom drives me insane. And every other week someone in the home says, Michelle, Michelle, you're sounding like your mother. I'm like, holy crap, I <laughs> am. Dad, I, I am. Oh, my God. I thought there was another 30 years until that happened. So I just, uh, um, yeah, so – you know, I think we talked about uh, the wiseness and maturity we have in our 40s and, God, you you hear that growing up but you don't appreciate it until you go through it. It's that head-heart connection, like you intellectually understand stuff before you feel it and you have to grow up to feel it, you know. Why are humans so slow to develop? It's crazy. I think we're on a journey. (laughs) This is my best explanation. (laughs) And uh, we we were born all-knowing and all-wisdom, you know, like what would be the point of life? Mm. So, like, you know, we're supposed to slowly learn all this stuff or avoid the crap out of it forever and die knowing nothing. So, you know, they're the choices, I think. That's just my opinion. But anyway. No, and I I agree with that. Um, so tell so, me about this beautiful new marriage. Yeah, so um, so funnily enough, I met my wonderful partner Jason um, online. And another point is that yeah, you can meet someone wonderful online and have yep. a wonderful relationship. Um, I think we've been together about seven and a half years. Um, it was yeah. I think what's really nice is also growing up. You know, in a in a you know in the Jewish community or the 
Um, you know, I think especially what happened to the Jewish people through World War II, there is a lot of pressure on marrying in and staying within the community and, yeah. you know, that obviously limits the amount of people you have to choose from. Yeah. Um, so I think what was wonderful is Jason is Catholic, although not very religious or practising, um, but I absolutely love the difference of cultures and religions and that yeah. it gave us so much to talk about and learn about from each other. Yeah. And, in fact, we went to Israel for my sister-in-law's, um, for my nephew's bar mitzvah about five years ago. And um, it was so nice to go through the Jewish areas and tell him about it and then go through the Christian Catholic areas. And he was like, oh, my God, Michelle, this is where Jesus is and this is where Jesus is. And, like, I would have never bothered or known or really taken the time. Um, So I think, um, again, being older and wiser and knowing what do I need for me to make me happy, to support me, to help me achieve what I want to achieve, to to help, you know, to put a smile on my face when I wake up in the morning. Um, and I'm very lucky that I met um, Jason because we, we make an incredible team. So we've had a son together, Zane, who is, uh, you know, the glue of the family because <laughs> let me tell you, it wasn't all roses. So the girls were not very uh, welcoming or accepting of the new person in mum's life um you know I couldn't move him in for many years uh it all happened very slow and then I remember I fell pregnant and um it was my daughter's 12th was it her her 11th birthday must have been or, or 10th or 11th birthday yeah um and I took her, took the girls to Ribs and Burgers in East Gardens because the Bondi one had closed down and my Charlie loves Ribs and Burgers. So we went there and stupidly, um, clearly I wasn't in my 40s yet, um, I thought I would tell her on her birthday that she was going to have a new baby brother. Well, let me tell you, that did not go down well. So luckily they finished eating their food. <gasps> and I said, oh, girls, um, I've got something really exciting to tell you. Um, I'm pregnant and you're going to have a little baby brother. Oh, my God. They burst out crying. Um, how could you do this? My, my now 19-year-old, almost 19-year-old Jessica, she's obsessed with her brother, like loves him more than anyone in the world, calls him every day, FaceTime because she's living in Canberra now and calls him and just loves him. But anyway, at the time she was like, I have to change schools because it's so embarrassing. You're too old. How could you do this to me? I can never show my face. Anyway, it was, anyway, my friends all were like, "How, how did it go? How did it go? Are they excited? I'm like, the, I remember texting them back, the worst night of my life. What a um, surprise, though, that teenagers made it all about them. Like, I have to say, <laughs> I'm still, like, I have, say, I like, have you know, never learned. developmentally appropriate. <laughs> so given I was the teenager from hell, you really would think that I would know better. But I'm in denial of teenagers and what they are about. And I don't know. I, I'm waiting for them to just get past that stage and, and move on. But that was a disaster. So I remember a few people said to me, don't worry, this baby, he'll be the glue and yeah. he'll bring the whole family together. And they were so right. So, you know, Jason moved in a few months before Zane was born. Um, So, 
you know, just to give you a bit of a glimpse, the first few years, you know, Jessica wouldn't, she wouldn't come out of her room if he was at, in our apartment. She wouldn't sit at the dinner table with him. She'd wait till he left. It was just horrendous. And everyone said, just hang in there. It will get better. Yeah. And they are like really close now. And I mean, he's yeah. practically helped raise these girls um, over the last seven years. He's He's gone and got them takeaway when they wanted it, gone and picked them up at midnight from parties, um, mm. dropped them at parties, cooked them special food requests. Um, he dropped, he's, just incredible he's put them first and they've they've lived with us probably you know 80 90 percent of the time on average so he really has helped raise them um so yeah and I think the difference with Jason is unlike saying things like you know I wouldn't ask for a pay rise um because you should just be lucky you've got a job I hear things like, why couldn't you have your, why can't you have your boss's job? What's stopping you? What are the roadblocks? Let's talk about it. Why are you doubting yourself? And so through that encouragement, I left Macquarie because, again, you know, a lot of people just don't change jobs because they don't have confidence in themselves that they will uh, thrive outside their safety net of where they've been forever and where they know how everything operates. So I took that huge plunge. And again, I remember saying to my dad, dad, um, I've going to resign. I'm going to get another job. Oh my God. Are you crazy? You, you know, you've got security, you know how that place runs. He's a big, like he's a shareholder. He's really like obsessed with Macquarie Bank. And um, I was like, dad, it's fine. I'll be okay. I, I'll be good. I, I'm good at my job. No, but yeah, blah, blah. Anyway, again, always not telling me how great I am. So it's great. Lucky that so I found someone. Based, like, though. And, and so like, can I just say like, so typical of first immigrant parents do you know what I mean because the fear of like they just want you to be successful it comes from a place of love and just wanting you to you know like like just so much fear you're gonna fail and stuff and and just wanting and just the most like for you staying but it comes in situation oh Jesus Christus would you stop it <laughs> like you know but I think I see that a lot like I've got a lot of friends who are you know children of first immigrants and their parents are all the same you know like just Hammer and just not home. changing the status quo, like no, for just fear that it comes of from like love it'll, and fear, yeah. you know. <laughs> like I can see that. It so that was a big, yeah. Good. <laughs> that was a big turn. That was a huge step. Um, Thirteen years at one place, and obviously the security that came with that. Um, so taking the plunge, I uh, left, and Yay. that was the best thing I ever did because I've had great success in my career since then so after Macquarie Bank I um, left and went to a startup um, by um, Andrew Roberts who's the ex-multiplex family and uh, that didn't end up going anywhere after about a year but in that time it was great because um, just I missed a really other important thing so Jason and I had been trying for about six to 12 months to have a baby and you know, they were like, oh, there's fertility issues. And, and I was like, well, they're not my issues because I've got two kids already. So <laughs> they ain't my issues. So, you know, he went off and, oh, there's issues and he's got to stop drinking coffee and quit the cigs and stop the alcohol. And anyway, he did all that for about a week. But I think that stress of being at Macquarie and really feeling trapped in this job and I tried to find another role for about three months and it all kind of didn't go anywhere. And then finally this opportunity came and it was, a, you know, more money and better title and a really good opportunity. And I, I grabbed it. And the funny thing is after about a year of trying, 
I actually conceived Zane on the night that I resigned from Macquarie Bank. Um, so wow. we worked out it was about a 48 win a 48 hour window of when I felt pregnant, but it was in those two days after I resigned. I think the world was lifted off my shoulders yeah, because I really wanted I finally got the courage to leave and then I couldn't find something for a few months and I felt so burdened and then I yeah felt amazing so um you followed your own voice oh (laughs) and you had someone to support you which is 100% the sabotage voice wasn't the loudest for a change yeah um so (laughs) at my four-week departure mark where I got up in front of 100 people to do the speech, the farewell speech, um, I found out that sort of day or day before that I was pregnant. So I was completely freaked out because now I'm leaving this secure job where I would get three months maternity leave. I'm now pregnant. I can't believe it. After a year of trying, you know, I didn't think I was going to get pregnant, got pregnant. Now I'm giving this departure speech where I think I don't even know what I said. Um, <laughs> Like, you know, all I was thinking was, oh, I was always, always, always (laughs) nausea, eating 20 bananas a day and 100 crackers to stay. So I thought, yeah, in the back of my mind, it was like, no, don't let me go. I can't leave. (laughs) I'm pregnant. But, you know, thank God I kept moving. Sometimes you just got to keep moving forward. Even yeah. though it feels like a few steps back and one only one little step Trust forward, your you just yeah. yeah. So I, there I was, off I went, and then you know, feeling sick with myself, starting a new job, and and then I think, why do women have so much pressure on themselves? Always, you know, guilty for being pregnant, guilty for changing jobs, guilty for starting a new job, pregnant. Like, who cares? But anyway, George. Um, who was my boss and CEO at at this um, uh, at the company, which is called RF Capital? Um, I remember it took. I waited till I had the twelve week test and everything was fine. And I went into his office. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I've got to tell you something. And he's like, Oh God! I said, You've I'm pregnant. Cancer. I'm so <laughs> sorry. And he and I thought this was another little turning point for me. He said, Mate that's fantastic news. Get you know having children, life. That's the best thing in life. And he said, I, why didn't you tell me earlier? I said, I've been sick with stress and worry to tell you because, you know, who starts a new job pregnant? It's not my style. And he said, all I can say is I'm so sorry you didn't tell me earlier and that you've had weeks of unnecessary stress. And, uh, you know, those little conversations really help you go, why do I do that to myself? Why do we do this? Why do we doubt ourselves and put others before us always Mm. I don't have an answer to that one but I know it happens real young (laughs) it just stays in there for so long yeah it's like everyone before me it influences so many of our decisions like our thinking our feelings our behavior like it just and and it's our thinking like god I've been carrying stuff around since I was a kid that wasn't Mm. even aware was there Oh, it's God, thank God for therapy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know where oh, I would God. be without my therapist. I am three. Best. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, just... I might need to 
like check in with my one of my old therapists for like after going through the like all all of my re recapping of the the last 27 years but yeah, I've got see. a counselor I've got a psychologist and I've got a psychiatrist and I just, I'm not on meds but I just I go just to like help me with all this thinking that just like it comes up and like you know like just this thinking has been there for so long and every time I mess up or don't do something perfect or don't appear perfect up it comes you know you're worthless you're you know like where's that come from childhood <laughs> like I don't know how to get rid of it I'm on my way but you know at least I know where it started and I think uh yeah going to a place like Sydney High probably didn't help the demands of you know the competitiveness being amongst overachievers high achievers where the um you know being average was well felt below 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 average um and you never felt good enough and that's those important years in our life right those teenage years and I think for me it was like primary school like earlier than that like it was primary school was horrible for me I was I had a horrible horrible primary school experience and it was my year six teacher who was I was always in trouble I was always up the back of the room separated from everybody else like I was just like like and and I remember I was a year younger and I used to want to play with kids who were a year younger so they made a rule in my school you can't play with kids who aren't in your own year things like that like just like vindictive stuff you know and just like like Sydney girls in a way I kind of felt relieved because I wasn't always in trouble like you know what I mean (laughs) just like for once I was you know like not the biggest troublemaker you know I'd get in trouble sometimes and Miss Shackley was so helpful to me like because she would just call me into her office and just like say (laughs) stuff like I used to sell drugs like not drugs I used to sell (laughs) calcium tablets right and like to try to make money and she called me into her office one day and she goes have you been selling drugs in my school and I said no I've been selling pills but they're actually calcium tablets she's like get out of my office (laughs) (laughs) how long did yeah how long did we have her only a year or two like only the first half and then we got Varity Mm, she was intense and she was um like yeah very intense and she wasn't so helpful to me but I've spoken to some people who she really helped like um you know save some people's lives wow that's in in some of the podcasts and um so wow yeah I don't remember even like I can't even remember a conversation with her and I don't unfortunately like it had um for English uh Bobby Gledhill yeah she was amazing she was just so amazing with the long hair right like yeah and the no bra and the cheap cloth tops and she would wear shoes and to me she was just like amazing where did you come from um but like it turns out she was an actress in the 60s and um she used to write books and and she was just like and I remember when you would like give her an opinion like that was you know she she wouldn't tell you you were wrong she would say like why do you think that and what makes you say that and and like when I was in primary school it was always like yo wrong you know uh, get out of the classroom go see the principal you know and stuff so I we had of, some yeah. we had some amazing teachers yeah because I think as a teacher it would be a privilege to work at Sydney girls you know like oh 100 percent yeah as a teacher today like that's where I'd want to work you know what's the um oh I can't go without sharing the most proud moments but what was the Mr. McLaughlin <laughs> 
Yes, and his coffee cup that he never washed. Do you remember, do you remember that? that I do you remember that I stole his car many occasion and <gasps> drove no, to me Mc- as that. no I one's know. brought it up or Oh no, Mr. McLaughlin, he was Mads. The guy Mads, who had Mads, the yeah, head of Mads, he had like the little demountable Lexus. He had the brand new Lexus. So I mean, my I, I actually when I tell my daughters, they just cannot even believe. That this could have happened. So we took the keys from, it was like maybe maybe like, I don't remember who was in the car. Um, But I was like one of the first to have my license and and I don't know, I was easily influenced. Everyone probably went, you do it, you do it. And I went, yeah, yeah, because I'm an idiot and I'll be the one expelled. Um, So we took his keys out of his jacket pocket and then got in his car Drove down Anzac Parade, used all, he had like hundreds of dollars in his glove box. So we not just used his car, we took his money and then we would call him from like a mobile, I don't know, we must have just started getting them. And we would like um, say, hi, Macca. And he'd be like, where are you? We're like, we're actually in your car. And he'd be like, no, you're not. And we're like, we are, sir. We suggest you look out the window and he'd look out. He'd be like, you bring my new car. Can you imagine a brand yeah. new Toyota Lexus? Like that's like someone getting a Ferrari or Porsche. And, totally. You know. And we were like, no, no, but Macca, don't get Mac. Like, Mr. McLaughlin, please don't get upset. We just want to know if you would like anything from the drive-thru because we're, we're going through. <laughs> I want my car So we, we came back with, like, bags of Maccas for everyone. Oh and um, he got to the stage where he was, like, locking up his keys yeah. in a locker and, Not like, four locks place. because we, we kept doing it. But whenever my dad brings up a story and he, he's seen Mr. McLaughlin at um, Liberal Functions and, like, they've talked about it and had a laugh about it. But my oh, kids sorry. just say, Mom, seriously, how did you get away with that? I said, like, now my kids would have had, like, been in jail, like, now in a private yeah. school or any yeah. – you'd be expelled – and like arrested yeah. for like theft and Absolutely. assault and attempted murder. And like, I don't. Think, I don't think I've told my son, my nineteen-year-old, like all the things I've done. Like when I look at him sometimes, and he, if he's behaving badly in any way, shape, or form, I have an immediate memory of myself at nineteen and go, "You're a you're a good kid." Oh yeah! Oh my god! I'm always telling him what a good how kid is it? Yeah, God, my yeah, my kids are so goody goody and like compliant and law abiding, and I just go like, who? Where did you come from? Like, I couldn't have been more opposite. But I don't. I'm not complaining um, because I think it's great. Um, yeah. But you always think, yeah, with the technology and stuff, I like you think they'd be off the rails. But we we no. didn't. Have, we had. We didn't have those distractions, so we did more naughty stuff with, yeah. you know. You know, I don't know. Do you remember the, um, I don't know if it was after you left, but we used to do fake bomb scares to the school when we had exams oh and we had to, um, and then <laughs> I think Sasha did it. And then um, they said, everyone get down to the 
the low, what was it called? The lower grounds or whatever. Like where the bear pit was. The bear pit, oh, whatever. Do you remember the big banana tree in the middle? It was like a banana bush. Oh, my God. And then um, steal the leaves and roll joints. Do you remember that? No, I don't don't remember that. But um, that doesn't sound not not like, yeah, that would have definitely happened. Um, anyway, so we were all down there and then then someone called the school and was like, the bomb's in the banana bush. <laughs> the teacher started. I don't remember that. Oh, away. I think that was 94. Get away from the banana bush. The bomb. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean. Oh, my God. We Yeah. Anyway, so, crazy, so I've got it? my wonderful soulmate. And anyway, I went to this company and what was great is – um, you know, they were very generous and gave me paid maternity leave, which was great. And then um, I had three months with my son and then I came back for a few months and then they shut down the hedge fund business. Everyone got made redundant. And it was really lucky that I had a 12-week notice period in my contract, which I was trying to negotiate out, but worked in my favor that I didn't. So I yeah. got 12 weeks pay and I actually got to spend, you know, six or eight months paid with my son in his first year, which is great. And then he's like a co- COVID baby almost so I've you know I've I've dropped him at daycare and picked him up every day since he's gone he doesn't know any different which for my girls you know I never got home before 7 or 8 p.m so never spoke to them about how was kindy and it's it's amazing to see the difference um you know working from home now and um being able to you know such is amazing to be able to walk him every day to kindy and pick him up um so yeah so off I went and got a job at um you know Australia's largest one of Australia's largest companies and banks Commonwealth Bank um and that was a weird and wonderful place or probably more weird than anything but um I just, yeah, I, I think I was like shell-shocked from the minute I walked in there around how many people they had just doing. I couldn't quite work out what everyone was doing and how everyone fit in. And um, I think sometimes you've got to go with your gut and it's just not the right place and not the right culture. And it just, yeah, that anxiety levels were were going through the roof and to the point where I couldn't hear people talking to me I couldn't see I couldn't eat I couldn't drink I had dry mouth I couldn't sleep everything was I I was going down a bad path that I hadn't been down for a long time or so it was very scary and just thank god I left and got a job at um Rabobank where I am now and I I just yeah I feel really grateful I've got a great role a great team an incredible boss she's smart inspiring motivating I'm learning great things I've been re-educated on like authentic leadership and culture and all these great stuff that yeah I wouldn't have probably understood it 10 years ago but it's a good time to be learning all that but um, really inspired to go and you know do a, a, an MBA or or something. I just finished with... that. Oh, well done! <laughs> that is very. And good. I got in That's Golden Key Club, which what? you know isn't really surprising. Is at Sydney Girls High, we were already top ten percent, so oh, top well fifteen. Done. I'm kind of like, hey, I'm top ten. <laughs> How long did that take you to complete? Um, to complete it, um, it's only supposed to be eighteen months, but because of like COVID and all the stuff, it took me three years. Yeah, but that's full-time. Is it full-time? Um, it wasn't always full-time. full-time, yeah. Like some oh, yeah, no. trimesters I just had to drop all units yeah, with COVID because yeah. I had my kid home. You know, I was yeah. homeschooling, you know, and I yeah. just, I just, I'm on my own. Like I was a single mum, so I just, whatever. 
I got through it and um, it wasn't actually the hardest thing I'd done um, because I'd done um, biochemistry and physics and all that in my undergrad. Um, And I chose that because this is my thinking at 29 when I finally went, I did music when I first left school, but um, you have no natural ability to do this. Um, You've never studied science. um, So I will give you some respect if you can get those degrees. Whereas if you do something that you're naturally inclined to be able to do, I won't give you any respect. Like that was my thinking at 29, which is so messed up. Like unbelievable. And now I'm a maths and science tutor. But the oh, good wow. thing about that is like that I can help kids who are struggling in maths and mm. science in high school who think they're a loser and they can't do it. And would you believe science teachers tell that to them? You know, you're not oh. smart enough to do science. You know, no one's born knowing this stuff. You know, I learned it the hard way. Anyone can learn it is the way I'd teach it to them. And, um, and like I have this one student who wanted to be a marine biologist and um, her science teacher was saying, you, you can't do it, you're not good enough. And her father was like in tears, like and he, he was like trying to find a tutor for her. And he rang me and he was like, you know, someone please help. And now she's got early entry, two unis wow. for marine biology and they're the beautiful parts of my job. The bad part is it's not that much money, <laughs> but um, good part is it's I get to give back to people that, you know, yeah. Uh, I yeah I did tutoring when I was at university and it was probably one of the most rewarding jobs. Um, yeah, you know, I tutored kids getting into selective right? schools, kids that were average who were suddenly at the top, who were learning to well learnt to love learning and yeah feel um, good about themselves yeah and confidence in themselves and and you know and, and we know how much that means to us like you know it's it's great to be able to give that to a 17, 18 year old you know because. I didn't have that then. so. And my eldest daughter now is tutoring and I just love it. Like I love that. And I've heard her um, a few times doing her lessons over um, the computer because she does them remote. And I just feel like my heart melts. Like she's so committed. She goes over the time if need be. She like checks there. She follows up. And, you know, I love that about her. She's she's in. She's fully in. She's committed. She has relationships with these kids and they tell you like their mental health stuff and they tell you Uh, what they're going through socially and you're able to like, you know, have this. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So, so that's, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, I've got really grateful, got this great job, um, you know, um, really happy. My partner, uh, Jason, and I have um, been fortunate enough to op- open a hotel together. So oh, wow. that was another, that was another crazy thing because I've never, I've never owned my own business and I used to always yeah. be jealous, not in a bad way but just be you know yes. how cool would it yeah. be to run a business like I'd yeah. love to be my own boss I've and, been you know, my own do... boss since I was 22 yeah it's because awesome I reckon I'm not a very good employee that's and I okay worked, and I worked for Amex they wanted me to say um I was they they um like they changed it to 24 hours and they didn't hire any more staff so idiots um I so suddenly like, the, like, the call you know blow out one hour two hour people are on the phone you know and then we're supposed to say to them because we just got through to you now look at the way I hold the phone so old um like you know um that means you are responsible for all the charges on your card um until I spoke to you like and sometimes oh, these would be debit God. cards which were payable at the end of the month and and there'd be big purchases you know and mm. I just no nah, can't say that can't do it so learned very young 
I cannot work for other companies because if it conflicts with my ethics, I ain't yeah. doing it. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's an important. Um, that was a yeah. That, I, was, that was just my journey. And so I've been broke a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, it's got its know, ups yeah. and its downs. And I'm making, yeah, the fear of like trying to make your own businesses and the starting it from scratch and that one. And I have about five different businesses. Like they each make a little bit, you know, and then I put that together and that's an income, you know, rather than having one job and insecurity. But and, that probably, well, that is probably works for you as well though, like yeah. being able to have different things that and I can And I can shuffle everything around and yeah, I can put my kids first if I need to and I can cancel and I can reschedule and I can... So for me, yeah, that like the flexibility is is important. Um, look, is there anything you would like to add? No, I think just um, I, th- you know, I think it's been it's been a a great journey. There's been many lows. I've learned um, so many things. I think in my thirties, just about you know what what do I need for me to 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 you know be happy, and I'm so. I kind of, I pinch myself some mornings, you know, I've got this, I've got three beautiful children, you know, I'm really proud of how they're turning out and who they are. And, um, you know, the, the mother that I've been able to be for them and hope to continue to be just being, you know, really open and, um, you know, that might, Jason just laughs, you know, like Jessica will say, oh, mum, you know, oh, people got stoned. And I'll be like, oh, well, did you? No, why not? You know, whereas like, <laughs> and he's like, Michelle, you know, um, but I'm like the opposite. My parents were in complete denial that teenagers did anything illegal and I'm like on the front foot I am like so ahead of them I'm like they think they're smarter than me I'm already smarter than them (laughs) and so as a result like my kids are really good and they're not doing crazy shit which I did and I'm really proud but um you know I you know found this great person who makes me smile from the minute I wake up with you know love messages and affection and encouragement and just you know makes me feel happy about who I am and I've learned to manage my parents the craziness and understand that's just them and I'm not going to let them that be the demise of me I have to I can't change them I'm just gonna that's that's who they are and I you know they're like children now I have to discipline them and tell them just to be quiet all the time and you know I've got my two dogs that you know I've wanted I want lots of dogs but I got two and everyone goes you're crazy you've got three kids and a full-time job and and I'm like I love being busy I love having lots on my plate I'm not I'm not one to lie on the couch and watch tv for hours I love to read I love to just go for walks play with my dogs by the way haven't interviewed one person who's like that so (laughs) I think maybe they selected for that when they did the test it was people who need to do things and get stuff done so yeah I think it's great and I'm again just thank you for making this a priority for all of us because I am so excited to I am going to be glued to every podcast and it's going to be valuable 
I can't wait to hear what people have done and I think there'll be great interest in our stories and the different paths um, people have taken and why they have and where are they now and um, it wouldn't happen without you and you've got so much stuff going on in your life and you've made it happen and you've kept it going and kept it going. So on behalf of everyone, thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful. Thanks so much, Michelle. That was heaps of fun recording. I hope everyone enjoys the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you.